Hello loves, just a quick reminder that enrollment is open for my beloved end of year offering, The Threshold. The Threshold is a channel download around the themes, invitations, and opportunities awaiting us in the year ahead, as well as the tarot anchors that will be showing up as support systems to us in the process. It is truly a beautiful way to root into the medicine of the coming year, and this version of The Threshold focuses on the themes of the Lover's Card, which is our tarot card for 2022, the sixes, and so much more. This offering comes with hours of pre-recorded audio downloads, as well as a beautiful workbook packed full of nourishing tarot spreads and rituals to close out the current year and open to the new one. Enrollment is open and the course materials are available for immediate download. And if you'd like to sign up, you may do so at the link in the show notes. Thank you. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a bi-monthly podcast that explores the tarot through an inclusive, soul-centered, trauma-informed perspective for growth, healing, and evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Hello, Wild Souls, and welcome to a new episode. Welcome to the crest and the threshold of a brand new year. I am, as always, so honored and delighted to be gathered with you in this virtual space. Um, Thank you for another absolutely beautiful year of episodes and of um, community connection, however distant we all are. I'm just so thankful for each and every one of you. Um, And I'm wishing all of you a very bright and beautiful 2022. So uh, today's episode is really sweet. We're going to be talking about the card, our anchor card for January, January 2022. Cannot even believe Um, And we'll speak about, of course, as we always do, the invitations, the gifts, the challenges therein. We'll chat a little bit about January. We'll chat a little bit about what this kind of first month of the new year um, is holding for us energetically. It's actually quite lovely, which is great. Um, And then I'll answer a listener question and we'll come to a close. And in two weeks, we'll talk about our anchor card for this card. So of course our rhythm will, will just keep going for the next couple of months until I'm off for a very, very long maternity leave. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm excited to dive in. So our card for the month of January, our first month of 2022 is three of swords. And I know what you're probably thinking (laughs) that maybe there was another card that you might have preferred. <laughs> Maybe you're even thinking perhaps like, oh, how horrible. Um, it depends on, on where you are with your tarot practice and how you feel about this card and how you feel about the swords. And uh, I'm bowing to any and all feelings that you have about it. Um, I have actually, of course, as I always do, a lot to say about this card and how It's actually coming with a tremendously positive message that is super supportive and linked to the work that we're doing, not just in 2022 in general, but with the lover's card. So the, you know, the interesting thing, of course, and I spoke about this in the threshold, um, which is my 
channel download for 2022. And if you want to get like the full scoop of the invitations that lie ahead this year, you can sign up for that at the link in the show notes. But I spoke a little bit about um, both in 2021 threshold and in this one, we're in this really big bridge time where the world is changing. And we're obviously seeing that across the globe, like as a global community right now, there's so much that's um, so many kind of stitches as it were are being ripped open. So many wounds that were not healed are being exposed and um, cleaned and it gets worse before it gets better. And uh, in, in, in healing, healing is very spiralic and that's what we're doing right now. We're healing. So healing is a really big focus of 2022. And because the last few years have really been and will continue to be for a little while until about 2024, this sort of bridge time where there are changes, slow evolutions, movements toward, um, you know, there'll always be Mo, you know, times in history where um, there's tremendous difficulty, there's a lot of prosperity, there's, you know, the, there's there's always been like a cyclical spiral nature to, to, you know, the evolution of our consciousness and to the world around us, but we're building to something. And 2022, 2021 was just like the bridge. Like there wasn't, and I knew that, and there wasn't, and I had mentioned that in that threshold that it was kind of going to be a rough year. It was rough by nature of the fact that it was a five hierophant year. Like it was just all a lot of undoing these, like opening up these wounds, like doing the work we really had been avoiding, didn't really want to do a lot of it very internal. Um, but preparing for, in focusing on our internal work, a kind of an external shift. Now, 2022 is still a part of that bridge time, that transition time, but it's bringing a different energy. It's softer. It's more tender. It is lighter. You know, we have to think about, we're going from fixed earth with the Hierophant being ruled by Taurus, which was our card for 2021, to mutable air in 2022, because our card is the lovers. That's a big difference. And while there's um, gifts and challenges to both, <laughs> like, you know, if we have a little bit too much uh, oxygen, there can be a combustibility issue. Like there's there's a lot there with, with all that Gemini energy. Um, but if it's channeled appropriately and with respect, there can be tremendous growth. So we can think about 2021 as being a year where we really had to had to take everything, uproot everything, get it all out of the garden. And we were sort of left after all this work with bare earth, right? And that we know somewhere in us, like we're building to something, but it's still very disheartening after so much work to not really see a whole lot of fruit. 2022, we're going to start to see some fruit. We're going to start to see some growth. The invitation of this year as a whole, which again, we go into a lot in the threshold, is to really love 
cherish and nourish ourselves. And by doing this in an internal way, by leaning into our lover's work, we're actually because of the nature of how Gemini energy works, it starts with something outside of us, it moves it into us, and it shifts the way um, we then come back into an exchange outside of us because we've done the inner work necessary to be able to come forward with intention, with alignment. So really powerful, very different. And if there was a phrase that I could use to describe I think January, but all of 2022, like all of it, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. (laughs) It is all about the heart. It's all about how we feel, how we're tending to those feelings, how we're centering and honoring those feelings. It's about letting ourselves be vulnerable. It's about intimacy in however we experience and and reach for that. It's about staying present in moments when um, the love is so big (laughs) that it can kind of feel like, oh my God, this is like too much. Um, It's about staying with it as best as we can and rewriting some of those stories that we don't deserve that, or we don't deserve the support, or we don't deserve the witnessing, or Um, whatever it is. It's a huge year with a lot of potential for change, but it has to be done on a different rhythm. One of the biggest things that's changing in this like kind of bridge time, this generational shift that we're in right now, we've been a culture that has only been focused on external stuff. Sure, internal, whatever, but that comes sort of after. And even in the last few years, we've seen a huge shift in that, right? We've, we've, we're starting to really realize there can only really be impactful external change, if that's even what we want, if we're willing to do the internal work first. So what does all of this have to do with Three of Swords? Three of Swords is the ultimate anchor card to call upon for this kind of work. The ultimate. Let's first talk about what it's not. Three of Swords is not a card of heartbreak in in a um, sort of egoic thinking mind sense. It doesn't forebode anything. It doesn't predict anything. It's When you pull it, it's not a bad omen. It's not telling you some ill is going to come into your life, some shock, some betrayal. You're going to get stabbed in the back or stabbed in the heart in the way that, again, the mind can often contextualize it. Remember, these are sword cards, right? The sword cards, especially the Smith Rider Waite sword cards, Pamela Coleman Smith did such a brilliant job. I don't know if it was conscious or not, but uh, they certainly did it (laughs) so gloriously. Created tremendous representations of how these cards feel to the mind. It's not necessarily what's happening. And so unfortunately, most, if not all, of the uh, interpretations or tarot books that have been written about these, these sword cards have really missed that mark and have taken um, just the mind's assumptions about what these cards must mean and have run with them, which is why the only thing you ever see about Three of Swords, basically, is um, that it's kind of a, a bummer. 
So um, I've been teaching it this way for as long as I can remember and really know from my own practice, my own work with this card, that this really is the deepest truth for me. It may be different for you, but um, I do think it does bring a pretty powerful invitation to us. And it's actually, I'd love for you to consider while still honoring your own feelings about it, that it's actually a tremendous card to work with for our first month of the new year. So what Three of Swords does is that it brings us out of the thinking mind's attempts to pull us away from what's painful or uncomfortable or unprocessed and drops us into the heart, right? It shifts us from wanting to fix something to just being with what's painful. Now, there's a time and a place for aligned action, for fixing even, but it can't supersede, it can't come before the honoring of the wounding. And that is, for most of us, myself included, it's just the way human beings are wired. When our feelings are hurt, when grief arises, when a misunderstanding comes up, when there's a disappointment, um, even when nothing specific is going on, we're just kind of living our lives and there's a wave of grief or there's something, right? A feeling like we messed up. Anything can really trigger off three of swords. We don't need an inciting incident that's shocking and horrible to do so. All of us are living with grief and heartache at every moment. (laughs) It's not too far away. Certainly not for myself, and I assume not for you either. So again, when we acknowledge this, that we're willing to consider three of swords doesn't need to mean this super intense event that's going to come from out of nowhere and completely rip the rug out from under us. It can come up any time the heart wants our attention, anytime our inner kids are scared, anytime, anytime, likely all the time, (laughs) because again, this is always happening. It's always popping up and occurring in our lives. It's part of the reason why the title of today's episode, the focus of how we're looking at Three of Swords is we're centering the wise heart. We're centering the part of us that is, if I may say, infinitely wiser than our very limited but beautiful, worthy, and valid thinking minds that are trying their best. The heart knows so much. The heart holds the grief. The heart holds the heartbreak. The heart holds the big stuff. The heart holds the excitement when the thinking mind invites us only into what could go wrong. The heart is a really, really powerful compass, really powerful. And when things feel spiky, activating, triggering, when there is a big emotion, when there are big feelings in the heart, this card can tend to come up because what can often happen is that the thinking mind kicks in out of a, out of a kind of a protective sense. And we'll start to try to figure out how to spin the wheels to get us the hell out of this. (laughs) You know, it will go, uh, well, you probably did something wrong. Self-blame is a huge indication that we're in some kind of three of swords cycle. You messed up, you did something, you fucked up, you did something wrong, whatever it is. And even if we did, 
um, that kind of inner critic is very painful in those moments. Um, blaming others, wanting to lash out, wanting to attack, wanting to um, immediately jump to some kind of really big action. Now, I've mentioned this before in a couple of different places where I've taught about this card. Um, I don't think attacking is ever appropriate. We can absolutely call someone in. We can absolutely come forward if someone has done something that is really unacceptable or not okay with um, our righteous anger. We are absolutely allowed to do that. We're not taking that away, not at all. So what we are doing though is really important where when Three of Swords comes up, it's an invitation to say before you take any action externally, can you do the bravest thing, the most courageous thing, the mo- the thing that really is going to get you weak in the knees here? And can you slow down enough to be with the heart? Can you slow down enough to be with the part of you that feels upset? that does maybe feel betrayed if this comes up around that, um, you know, that, that is grieving, that is angry. Can you be with that first? Can you not inadvertently bypass yourself in order to try to get some kind of resolution that while satisfying and perhaps totally appropriate and important can never, ever take the place of this gesture. So what happens in Three of Swords is that inadvertently there is a kind of a sting to the heart. That's, I I believe the first sting is kind of just life, you know. Things happen in life. We're disappointed, we're hurt, something happens, right? And again, I'm not trying to pin it on um, precisely what I was mentioning, this card isn't about. Again, this card isn't about shock. It doesn't need to inspire any hypervigilance or any kind of like watchfulness. This is just every day, right? We come downstairs, we were expecting something to be done. It wasn't, we might feel a little bit disrespected and hurt. Um, there's a moment where we're having a conversation with our child or with our partner and it's not going the way we want. And all of a sudden we feel like a failure and that those things just happen. We don't need to anticipate them. They are inevitable. They are a part of life. Like we have these feelings all the time, right? And again, because we have these marvelous, sometimes (laughs) thinking minds, they're just always trying to help. The first place we go to is well, I'm a fuck up, I'm a failure. And then you're a failure. You're not understanding me. And those are the things that start to stab the heart through, right? We don't think about it at the time, but it's really, it's painful, right? Um, Again, totally valid feelings to feel. But in this case, what winds up again happening is that we get this sort of sting that the heart has to endure in service of the thinking mind, trying to sort of regulate itself, trying to get us back to this balanced or even uh, place within ourselves. So working with Three of Swords is actually quite radical. 
because it does ask us to do the huge work of saying, thinking mind, thank you so much for this little um, ping pong game, this little tennis match of like, they're an asshole, I'm an asshole. Um, That has a time and a place. And I will be able to get to that in the appropriate time. But for right now, I really need to be with the feelings that are coming up that I don't want to deal with. I don't want to face those because they're really tender and really vulnerable. And so I'm going to drop in and center that wise heart and gently remove those swords, gently remove the cycle of thinking that keeps that wound perpetuating. And I'm going to place a hand on the on the bleeding and be with it until it stops, however long that takes, or until, um, you know, I have to get (laughs) some stitches or until, you know, whatever it is. I can share with you my experience of working with Three of Swords very closely as an anchor, that my experience typically starts with what I'm describing. There is a, a thing that arises, um, I want to immediately take action in some way. If I choose to pause, if I remember enough (laughs) to pause, there's always an enormous resistance. Like I'm sort of trying to stop a car at 90 miles an hour. There's a lot of dissent and a lot of uh, resistance and a lot of like, how dare you like kind of stop this process. And then there is naturally an opening for me to to sink into what's actually present here, which is that I'm hurting. My inner child is confused. They're hurting. There is a wound here. There's pain here. There are often tears here, a lot of tears. And when that starts to get centered, everything shifts. And from there, I'm able to give my heart I'm able to give that wounded part of me, that disappointed part, that misunderstood part, my full and undivided attention. And in doing so, in offering myself that gift, how I choose to respond changes. How I choose to respond to myself changes. How I reach out for processors and support before I take action changes. If I've needed to take action or speak on something to another person, my the, the way in which I do so changes, and it has only ever been for the better. Sometimes that means I take a much stronger response than I would have before. Sometimes my first reaction in Three of Swords is like, oh, I, I can't bother them. It's no big deal. Right. And I have to really be with the fact that like, actually it is a big deal and they may not like it, but like, you know, too bad. Um, it really hurt my feelings and I really have to speak on it or it was really offensive and I really need to be heard, you know, or whatever it is. Um, and then other times where I think I would come in with a complete scorched earth energy, um, I come in with a, with less emotion because that's been honored and just a lot more clarity. Hey, here is the violation. Here's the action we're going to take the end. This, this is your choice or you don't have a choice or whatever it is. Um, so there's, it changes the way we respond to it. 
It doesn't dull or soften or deaden anything. It directs us. It clarifies. It lets us know, actually, this part of the part of the cycle has nothing to do with the other person. It, it, this is mine. This is something that I need to tend to on my own. Or, you know, again, we realize that by wanting to take this really strong action immediately, it's an attempt to try to fix it and make it okay, which is so valid and honorable. Again, the thinking mind is always just trying to help, even though its attempts may be a bit misguided at times. It may not be the the, the first instinct that we want to go with, but that's okay. You know, that's all right. What does this have to do with January, with um, 2022? Like, why is this an important anchor for us? Are we going to be expecting a month full of um, wounds and bullshit? Absolutely not. Again, the Three of Swords energy is present with us every day of our lives. Every day. Every day you go through something that is in line or connected to Three of Swords work. Why? Because we all have trigger points. We all have activations. We all have annoyances. We all have sensitive parts of ourselves, right? All of us. And we all have patterning that typically takes us away from the heart and into sort of this fix it, um, blame myself, blame others, thinking mind place. It's a tremendously radical act of courage and self-tending to drop into the heart and center that in place of the thinking mind. You know, we talk a lot about how with intuition, we're always working with the dissonance between the thinking mind and the soul, and the soul is so quiet. It's a whisper. It's a very clear chord of truth. It is a whisper. Thinking mind is very loud and very emergent, and it can be really hard to tell the difference. And that's a very similar um, way to look at the thinking mind and the heart. We're not trying to separate, but they do kind of weave together and come apart in ways that are, are powerful to consider. What we're doing in Three of Swords in the month of January, centering the wise heart in a moment where we might not be inclined to, sharing the vulnerable truth in a moment where we might typically choose to harden or get more stoic or stony or silent, or we might choose to really lash out. Um, Choosing to be brave and vulnerable and to say, there's a lot of feelings coming up right now and I need to be able to name them. Allowing that to be at the forefront instead of our usual patterning is lover's work. That's it. The, the, the rhythm of three of swords is the rhythm of the lovers. Something comes up, pops up. We bring it in. And then by bringing it in, it changes the way we connect with and make contact with the world. It changes things. So this is planting a seed, this card for the month of January, that will bloom into something very fruitful and powerful that will will come with us through the entire year. In many ways, Three of Swords is kind of the card for the year. <laughs> like, you know, it's a sword card. Um, lover's energy is is very connected to air. It's ruled by Gemini. There's so much 
there's so many gifts inside of this. And again, we can, you know, I've said this a couple of times. I just want to make sure it really sinks in. We don't need to be anticipating or afraid of like, oh my God, when is the three of swords moment? Again, we could be having a conversation with someone, be mis- misunderstood. The conversation ends. Um, we're thinking about then our mind is spinning. Like we can tell the other person is completely like not even like it's not even like landed with them. We're trying to figure out how to fix it, how to move this way or that way. And we we completely don't pay attention to the part of us that says, oh, that, that was painful. That was really hard to be misunderstood like that. It was really hard to have not felt like I had been clear enough with what I wanted to say. You know, it's about really being human, really letting ourselves, which isn't to say that if we have passion, if we're angry, we're not human. It's quite the opposite. But really letting ourselves be in the vulnerability and the intimacy that happens when we connect with ourselves. And what also is a huge gift that comes up with that is that the more we do this, the more we gain the trust of ourselves, the more we gain our inner child's trust, which is a huge reparenting throughout our lives. We are learning the highest, most expansive lesson in 2022 is how to center the heart, how to make space for the heart, how to begin to listen to the heart. Many of us assume we're listening to the heart. It's actually all just thinking mind, you know? So the heart is, is, is so powerful and again, so wise and holds so much for us. This as our anchor is such a powerful one to, um, kind of propel us into this new year. It just is bringing, again, so much. It helps us and is really showing up this month to help us to heal some patterning, heal those inner wounds, and center the heart in favor of the thinking mind, which in these cases um, is really beneficial, really, really helpful. And in doing that, we can also offer some softness to the thinking mind and be like, Hey, all of the, all of the, um, like really coming down, really coming in hot on this person who is a total jerk that's available to us, but I just, we can do all that. I just don't want to do it before we've given the heart our full attention, right? We can always, um, do whatever feels right. You know, again, there's no problem. I am a Italian, New Jersey, Aries, like anger is right there. (laughs) And, um, clarity and directness when I feel like there's been some kind of wrongdoing, uh, is right there. You may not know that about me, but it is absolutely true. And, um, working with three of swords has helped me to harness that in moments when other parts of me go, don't say that, shut up. Like, don't let that person see that part of you. Um, especially when I'm being gaslit, especially when someone's trying to bypass, you know, it's, it's harder to be in the, um, in the truth of my, of my disappointment and my anger. And there are moments when my first instinct is anger and that's worthy of honoring. But when I actually go through the full cycle of honoring the anger and the grief and the disappointment and the heartbreak, I'm not angry anymore 
because I've, I've tended to what's within me. Um, and my response is actually a lot more, a lot less emotional, which again, isn't a good or a bad thing. It's just, it, it's what feels right in the moment for that situation. So we can work with this card anytime we start to notice a little bit of a spiraling, a little bit of a, of a cycling, a figuring out. Like I got to figure out what to do, what to say, how to handle. Like if we're a little bit knocked off of our center, we want to see and touch in. Like, is there something happening in the heart space that this cycling is trying to protect me from? Because again, the thinking mind just doesn't want us in pain. It doesn't want us hanging out in discomfort. It wants us farther away from that. Anytime we even check in about it, it's a huge opportunity to reparent and repattern, which is precisely what's happening. We are not a culture that centers or puts the heart first. Nobody in the generation that raised me um, over-culturally, not to say individuals weren't doing it, but there was nothing in my <laughs> my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation um, that centered the heart. There just what there there was no way. This is something that all of us are being called to do together beyond generations, but it's new work. It's really new, strange, uncomfortable work, but we can, um, what's beautiful is that three of swords has been with us for quite some time now. I really believe its invitation has always been present. It's just been a little misunderstood, a little mislabeled, and we can now lean into it, reclaim it as a tremendous anchor for our own self-tending, for coming home to the wounds of the heart instead of, um, you know, staying stuck in a cycle that really just is dictated by the thinking mind. Centering the heart is going to be a really important part of this year and beyond it. But this year is really centering on it and three of swords can really help. So. Hopefully that is a um, rich and potent um, little deep dive into this card and how it's going to be showing up for us this month, how we can work with it. So now I'm going to shift to our listener question and um, then we'll come to a close for today. So this is a question from Anonymous and Anonymous asks, I'm a young adult completely afraid of death. It's getting so bad that it's preventing me from enjoying the life I do have. I'm afraid of what happens next after our physical bodies die, especially the fear that I won't be connected to those that I love. How can the tarot help me work through these fears? Mm. So um, thank you so much for asking this very brave and vulnerable question. I'm totally bowing to you in this. I think it's so valid <laughs> to feel this way. Um, so how can the tarot help? I believe that the tarot can help you to stay with yourself and to stay with the present moment, to stay with what is when you, as you describe, feel like you are prevented from enjoying the life you have. Um, and I do want to say as a side note with the 
highest degree of respect and care, I hope that you are able to work with uh, a professional processor like a therapist around this. Um, I too went through an extreme terror of death when I was younger and um, therapy was um, invaluable for me in that process. I know that that's not um, accessible to everyone in every moment or season of their lives. But, um, I did just want to sort of mention (laughs) inside of this that I hope along with tarot, um, you have some sources of support in this. Cause I think that is, uh, sounds like it would be pretty invaluable. Um, but the tarot can, the tarot is so good, especially when we lean into it in the way that, um, we're, looking to it in this podcast and with my work and with like anytime we sort of, um, frame up soul tarot, we're, we're utilizing it as a tool to be with what is the full totality of it. So we're not pushing away this fear. We're not, um, maybe even, uh, overly centering this fear. We're just naming that right now in this moment, I am being invited um, sort of away from what I really want to do because I'm terrified of death and I'm terrified of being disconnected and I'm terrified of, of the unknown and I'm terrified of all of these different things. And I want to know, is there a card that can help me to hold all of this while I ideally reach out and receive support from sources beyond the tarot? And then pull a card and see what comes up and it will likely feel, um, you may not always know exactly or precisely what the card is saying initially, but the more you can center it and zero in on this moment, this moment, not making it all about the experience of the mind, being in a position of observation rather than identification. So what I mean by that is if we're going to the tarot and we're like, I'm terrified of death, please tell me uh, what happens after death. Please help me. Like if we're, if we're actively in the terror, it's a lot harder for the tarot to like sort of come with us on the journey. If we are in or able to be in the space of the observer, like I'm noticing my fear and my terror, my phobia, really spiking up here. I'm noticing that I want to pull away from my life out of a, out of a space of protection. I'm noticing this, I'm noticing that. How can I bring all of my sources of care together? What would be a card that could help me to be present with what's actually going on? Any card that you could pull, any card would be a benefit to you. Let's say you pull the death card. That's not telling you anything about death or dying. That's telling you that it's maybe an opportunity on that day to do some kind of process work that helps you to clear away some of the um, spikiness, the bigness of the fear. Who I don't know, but who knows, right? Could be. Um, We could also look to, if you pulled six of cups, it might be an opportunity for you to be really super vulnerable open the heart, be really honest with someone that you care about, that you're struggling with this. So it, any card can be a huge anchor of medicine for you in that, in, in those moments. Um, I think that you could also potentially 
depending on how familiar you are with the tarot, you could also pull or, or call upon a card that you like, that helps to make you feel nurtured and safe and grounded and rooted and pull upon that, call upon that rather, and work with that card as an anchor specifically. The way we might do that is to put it up on our altar, to maybe um, write phrases that really resonate with us. Like um, for you, it might be, I mean, I have no idea what might resonate with you, but uh, it could be, um, I trust in the unknown, or I want to become more familiar with the unknown or whatever it is. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge question and, and you're doing so great, but, um, yeah, I would say that that, yeah, that could really be a way that tarot could bring you back to this moment. So I hope that that helps. And I am oh, just wishing you all the best, um, all of my, all of my warmth and care as you navigate this super, super scary fear and such a valid fear, you know, it's, it's so, so hard. Um, and yeah, I'm just loving on you really big as you navigate that. So thank you so, so much for being here with me, wild souls. I look forward to a really sweet year of podcasts and offerings and breaks and (laughs) all kinds of different things with you. Um, Wishing you a very healthy, happy 2022. And until we connect again, please take exquisite care of yourselves. 